What is the evidence of a free mind? There is one word, here it is, peace. What is the evidence that the stronghold is gone? Peace. What is the evidence that you now have received God's truth? Peace. What is the evidence that your mind is not held hostage? It is peace. Now, am I trying to win the favor of men or of God? I want you to think about that. Am I trying to win the favor of men or of God? Do I seek to please men? And it frightens me to think. It actually frightens me for people to think how many people miss their destinies and never are fulfilled. Because if you don't do what God intends for you to do, then you're always going to feel like you're missing something. In the absence of answers, what grows? Could be either one for you. Could be cynicism. Some of you, some of you have gotten really, really mean over the last two years. Because in the absence of answers, you have allowed anger to grow. You completely disown everything that you're doing to contribute to your career, not going to another level. You know better, but you don't want to do better. This is uncomfortable, but I'm telling y'all the truth. The people in your life, as good as they are, there are no perfect people. There is no perfect boss, no perfect friend, no perfect neighbor, no perfect spouse. Give people room to be human. Quit expecting them to perform perfectly all the time. People who are open to the possibilities, no matter how bad it is or how bad it gets, I'm going to make it. I'm, that's who I'm talking to. I'm not talking to people who want to zone out on alcohol or drugs. No. Keep your purpose firm. Would you like to have peace in hard times? Then keep your purpose firm. Now that brings up a natural question. I have to ask you, do you even know God's five purposes for your life? Because clearly knowing your life purpose is essential to enduring. It's essential to lasting. I hate pretending that I'm interested when I'm not that interested. I hate big group settings. I'm really more of the kind of one-on-one, -on -one, small group, deeper, more intimate conversations kind of gal. And so before big parties, I just kind of get this like, ugh, do I really want to do this? Because I'm not the kind of person that likes what's required to go to a big networking event. The world is characterized by ignorance and malevolence and danger, always, always, always. It's an existential truth. And then you might ask yourself, well, if that's the case, how might you best conceptualize that? I don't care how it started. I don't care what it looks like. It doesn't matter what happened up until now. You will finish with favor. Confess it. I will finish with favor. Again, I will finish with favor. And he sat down. The problem with you, well, you can't receive the favor. When I got started, let me tell you what I didn't have. I didn't have experience. I didn't have knowledge. I did not have a model. I did not have a mentor. I did not have a plan. I did not have a fellow traveler. I did not have resources. I did not have money. I did not have a growth environment. But I got started. You don't stop or not start because of what you don't have. A gift opens the way. If you figure that out, it opens the way. You can read all the rest of that if you want to, but your gift opens the way. That's the part I saw. Cool. Then the gift 
opened the way. I got this lifestyle I got now because my gift opened the way, not my passion. I ain't made a dollar playing basketball. If you're not proactive, if you don't choose the right attitude, then the wrong attitude will show up. Instead of going to work sour, dreading the day, feeling unappreciated, you would show up with a smile, grateful to have the job, knowing that you're not working under people, you're working under God, that He's keeping the records. That's what allows God to change things. Now, I'm not telling you that you don't have a reason to complain, but I am saying that it won't do us any good at all. So this is about being smart enough to help ourselves get to the place where we want to be. Because you know what the word complain means? Part of the definition of the word complain means to remain. Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk to these guys back here. Forget what can't be changed and focus on the future. Until you learn to do this, you're going to be unhappy much of your life. Because you hold on to the habits and you hold on to the hurts and the hang-ups and you hold on to the grief and the guilt and the grudges and that causes so much unhappiness in your life. You gotta let it go. As an overall rule, I do not like procrastination. You need to get things done. But if you are going to rest, that is one thing that you should procrastinate on. That's the one thing I want you to put off until tomorrow. And if, when tomorrow comes, you still feel like you need to rest or you need to take a break, then okay, take it. The way we alter our life is sure we gotta alter our behavior and our relationships and our circumstances, but the only way it's permanent is that we alter that governor, that thermostat, and we start to believe we're worth 85 degrees of life, 95 degrees of life, 110 degrees of life. And there's ways we can alter that. You put yourself in circumstances that are demanding of you past what you think your capacity is, and when you succeed at them, you build a new water line. My mentor got me started on my library when I was 25. I got one of the best. If you saw my library, you would be impressed. I haven't read everything in it, but I feel smarter just walking in it, right? My library. I was smart enough to buy it all. Now I gotta be smart enough to read it all. Now jot this down. When you do read, you have to sort through what you read and decide which is valuable to try. When the world feels upside down, you always have the power to make it right. When one chapter ends, you always have the power to write a new one. Mm. When, you know, you feel like nobody loves you, you have the power to learn how to love yourself. And if there's one thing that COVID-19 has done, regardless of whatever devastation it has caused in your life, is it has forced us all to experience the great pause. If you can get a day off where you, you, you've worked hard and you've you know, accomplished goals, that day off will be so sweet. When I work hard and I sit in front of the TV, I enjoy the shit out of it, honestly. I'm more of a workaholic than I should be, probably. If, if the, the balance was, I probably should relax more than I do, but I never feel like I earned it. But that's part of the reason why when I do feel like I earned it, I can enjoy it. It's because I am more connected to the idea that I need to, to accomplish things. Mm. You are going to have to let go of some certain attachments to familiar things that are blocking God's favor. I don't mean you're going to leave the city. I don't mean you're going to flee the state. I don't mean you're going to move to Canada. I mean that in this moment, you are going to decide 
what has been in your backyard all along that is bigger than what you're going through and living in right now, that my focus, listen, my focus is my favor. And if you'd say, my gosh, John, I'll tell you right now, I'm doing a lot to develop myself. I, I mean, I, I've got a personal growth plan, and, and I'm intentional in this, and I'm, I'm doing this on a daily deal. If you could say that to me, then I'd say, hey, we're, we're in good shape here. We're, we're in good shape, because that's the key. You know, what are, what are you doing to develop yourself? And, and by the way, the reason that's first is not because you want to be selfish. It's kind of like almost a selfish question. Bruce says, well, why do I start with myself? The reason you start with yourself is because you cannot give what you do not have. What all, all my message is, is about some, some principles. Here, here's, here's something I learned from a guy. Uh, the two most important days of your life, the two most important days of your life is the day you were born and the day you discover why. Man, that's a cool. We can find someone else with the same skills. The real question is, do they have the attitude that's going to take us higher? They may be gifted, but a negative attitude will pull the team down. Your attitude is going to determine your altitude. It will determine how high or how low you go. Well, Joel, I've always been kind of negative, critical, condescending. That's just who I am. No, that's who you're choosing to be. If you're going to complain about something, then don't bother praying about it. Well, don't patty cake. If you're going to clap, clap. Think about that. If we're going to complain about something, then just don't bother praying about it. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. It doesn't say with complaining. Every time you make a decision, what we're talking about here is clarifying your values. Every single time you make a decision, you are basing it on unspoken values. You have a grid in your mind. You've never even thought about this, most likely, but you have a set of values in your mind, and every time you make a decision, I'm gonna do this and not do that. I'm gonna buy this and not buy that. I'm gonna spend my time and effort and energy on this and not on that. You are showing your hidden values. That doesn't mean that you don't need to get it to them ASAP and make up some corrective measures and lower the price or do something so that it makes up for the problem. But the worst thing you can say is, well, you didn't specify exactly what you wanted in the order and therefore we couldn't get you what you wanted on time. Yeah. Okay, we're never coming back for business again yeah. and we're angry this whole time and I'm gonna short you money when we pay you and anyways, if I pay, if you, I pay at you at all. And begin to do it. It could be um, how often I'm gonna pick up a book and read it. But you begin to stack things you commit to do, and then you deliver on them, and you acknowledge them to yourself. You're in the process of building self-confidence. Why is that so important? Of all the athletes I coach, when my athletes are performing at their peak level, they're at their highest self-confidence level. Primarily say, I'm the person responsible. And I will learn the necessary skills so that I can help people learn their skills. If I need lots of people, to do certain things to build my organization, that is what I must have. But I've got to be the final backstop. I've got to be the final one that people can rely on. But part of what I find personally is that when I resist, and I do resist, I resist what's actually happening when that's not the way that I want things to go. And so if you start complaining or you start bringing extra weight to all of the things that are going on, it's gonna 
make it feel even more overwhelming. I think we, as a species, owe it to ourselves to be honest with ourselves. That's the best benefit that we get from being around other people, is to understand the, the, the real information as they see it. And you can process that any way you like. You can put it through the filter of ego and personal circumstance and all sorts of things that make people have opinions that are biased in one way or another. But when you get past all that, if you, you really get to see how a person is thinking when they're honest. Are you open to seeing the favor of God? I asked the Lord to do three things for us. Make us conscious of his favor. You got to see it. To help us cooperate with his favor. Stop fighting against what God is doing in my life. And then the biggest part of all this why I want to give my offering next weekend. To make me a conduit for his favor. I want that. Because this is the year of the Lord's favor. And so I'm passionate about personal growth because for that person who says, wow, I, I, I had an opportunity, I wasn't ready. If you're growing, you're always ready. Because after I intentionally started growing, I made a commitment to grow as a leader. I started writing, I became an author. I developed growth resources for other people. I founded my first company. I began training conferences. Everything I can think of that has ever been good in my life was a result of the fact that I started personal growth in my life. But when you start preparing to move and to change, you got to understand that part coming with it. It's the haters. I'm going to move on because I got to, there's a time limit and there's a couple of things I want to do. When you're going through something, in order to go to the next level, to the next dimension, you have to break through the glass ceiling. But in breaking through a glass ceiling, there's going to be some bloodshed. I can't stand my job, Joel. Traffic is so bad. My house is too small. I'll never get well. You know what that is? An old attitude. Some people have not put on a new attitude for years and years. They wonder why everything's a burden, why it's so heavy. It's their attitude. You let go of yesterday's disappointments, what didn't work out. You get your mind going in the right direction. I'm going to see the good today. Do all things without grumbling. Yes, all things. Yes, that includes your thing. Can you clean your house without grumbling? Guys, can you cut the grass without grumbling? Can you drive in traffic without grumbling? Can you go to the grocery store without grumbling about high prices? Man, it's a little too quiet in here for comfort. Now you see why a book on complaining wouldn't sell. And I can tell you, I have learned to handle enormous amounts of stress enormous amount of tension, but I could not do it if I didn't rest my body, if I didn't take my day off, if I didn't, and don't call it your day off, call it your Sabbath, call it your day off, you'll fill it with your honey-do list, all stuff I couldn't get done to try to use it to catch up on other stuff, no, it is a day of rest, relaxation, relationships, restoration emotionally. Don't give in to the immediate gratification that is whispering in your ear. Shut that down. Do not listen to that little voice. Instead, go through the motions. Lift the weights, sprint the hill, work on the project, get out of bed. You have this governor on your identity, so what happens is our, it's like a thermostat. Our lives get going, we start doing really well. If we're a 75 degreeer, 
and our life gets to 85 and 90 degrees, unconsciously we go, we don't know we're doing it. We, we start to cool life back down to get it back to where we're comfortable. The reverse is also true. When things start to go really bad and you're broke and you're struggling, you find a way to heat your life back up to what you think you're worth and you deserve. The guy says, I want to be a great leader. Wonderful. The first thing we do is follow him to his house. When we get there, we walk in and check his library, number one. Somebody says, well, why check his library? The reason is because what a man reads pours massive ingredients into his mental factory, and the fabric of his life is built from those ingredients. For the first time, look ahead and say, well, what do I want to go create? And nine times out of 10, if you're discouraged right now, if you've got financial devastation, if, you've, if you're facing something that is making this moment in time as hard for you as life was for Lewis and I in 2008 during the last recession, I beg you, ask yourself honestly if what you had is actually what you wanted. You don't truly appreciate relaxation unless you've worked hard. Mm. And that is the yin and the yang of life. And I've said this to, to the point of people getting sick of it, but one of the worst decisions a man can make, I can only speak for men, obviously, um, is to be comfortable. Mm. I, I don't think you should try to be comfortable. I think what you should try to do is try to earn comfort.